He whisked off her shoes and panties in one movement, wild like an enraged shark, his bulky totem beating a seductive rhythm. Mary's body felt like it was burning, even though the room was properly air-conditioned. They tried all the positions, on top, doggy and normal. Exhausted, they collapsed onto the recently extended sofa bed. Then a hell beast ate them. Welcome to Write Good, the podcast that helps you write good. Women make up half the human race, but for some reason, a lot of male authors are startlingly bad at writing about them. Here with us today to talk about this is Meg, whose Twitter account, at men underscore write underscore women, curates hilariously bad examples of male authors writing women. Meg, can you tell us a little bit more about your your account, your project? Sure. Thanks for having me. So it was kind of an overnight process of my boyfriend asked me to read a book that he got me and thought I was really going to like it. And I was like 18 pages in and I'm on the top of the page was this description of a man where it's, and I just like tweeted about it the other day, but the author describes, he wears his, he wears his fat, like a bulletproof jacket. And then literally two paragraphs down the page is this description of this woman. And, you know, she has breasts that toddlers and men alike envy and and ogle. And I was like, what is this distinction? And I've been a big reader all of my life. And once you start noticing this stuff, it, got under my skin and I honestly thought I was just tweeting into the void and then one tweet went viral and next thing you know this is like a, a thing now that people read. Oh right, physical descriptions of women in, in serious literature sometimes are amazing. It's not a, an old school thing anymore which is I like a lot of people will send me these uh, these pieces from older novels and right. I'm still surprised when they describe her as like lily breasted or something equally ridiculous. <laughs> but then you have something that was published this year and it it boggles the mind. Right, right. So what are some of your favorite entries uh, of of just these completely wild examples? Which ones do you remember most distinctly? I mean, honestly, I think I have to say the OG vagina pocket, which was the one that really like launched this count into having a presence beyond 57 followers that one that is spectacular it's insane and i sometimes i feel like each new one is just more disturbing is not quite the right word but more frustrating and more incredible and one today was about um, a man who was describing this woman's love for the equestrian sport was due to essentially like a masturbatory feature of horseback riding and I was like that is a leap like we we went from zero to 60. Wow that's so 19th century like that's really genuinely like a 19th century belief that like women should get really excited by horses or bicycles because it's like it's a thing between your legs Ooh, it's like, yeah there's nothing sexy about horses they poop so much <laughs> so often big and stinky there's so many of these men who I think they never had to leave that adolescent phase. And as a result, it spills over into their writing. And because no editor or no one in their life has ever curbed it, they think it's okay. Right. Oh, um, and before we move on, let's can, can I, just so that our uh, listeners know the reference, I'm going to read out loud that amazing vagina purse <laughs> bit. Um, I don't Please know. Please do. Okay, so here we go. This is from Stuart Wood's Desperate Measures. Dino put his feet up and chatted for a couple of minutes. Then he put down the phone and returned to the table. 
Okay, he said. The ME confirms his first estimate of time of death. The girl had a tiny purse tucked into her vagina, just big enough to hold her driver's license, a credit card, and a few bucks. Her name is Elizabeth Sweeney. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't. I think it's the top ones are oh, is for sure that God. one, and then uh, the one by V.E. Schwab, oh. and I can't quote it verbatim, but uh, the writer, who ironically, V.E., no, not, sorry, that's my, no, V.E. Schwab's a wonderful female writer. It's V.C. Andrews, and it's oh, currently written by a ghost writer. V.C. Andrews was a female uh, but she passed away, and now her ghostwriter is male. Mm-hmm. And in this particular novel, which was published this year, the writer has the woman checking herself out in the mirror, and the language is she checked herself out like uh, a buyer would at a slave auction or something wow. equally as terrific. And it is I, truly, I it was like, this one is the one that should go viral because someone needs to, like, whatever publishing deal they made needs to disappear. And and is that meant to be horrifying though? Is that meant to be like, wow, look how fucked up this girl is. That's how she sees herself. Or is it like, hey, check me out. Like, It was very much like, an, uh, it meant to describe her as checking herself out very analytically and like an out of body experience. I don't think it was meant to be this cold way of she's really like separated from herself right. and it, the character is white, which made it even worse. And it's just just a horrific way of, yeah. like, not the metaphor you were looking for. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. That is... A lot of them have a lot to unpack. And, like, there's some issues here that you probably need a psychiatrist for and not an editor. And, you know, therapy's okay. It, there's no stigma around it anymore. Let's explore that. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's... Oh my god, and this one from Don DeLillo. I like your mother. Mm. You have your mother's breasts. Her breasts. Great stand-up tits, he said. Like, I I think I'd pull out the mace if a guy said that to me. Like, Yeah, it's a good, that's a good line to walk out on. And sometimes I, I really want to say, you know, women, if you're with a man who feels like he's describing you in these ways, leave, please. <laughs> this is not healthy. Yeah, these are... Ooh, these are, these are, some of them are hilarious, like, just funny, like, horny, but really funny. But some of them are like, wow, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I think some of them, uh, this one from Vampire Hunter D, you know, I think he's truly, like, trying to describe a woman in a way that he would paint a goddess, but instead it just kind of comes across a little scummy and gross and weird. And it's just this inability to... I think these men think that they grasp the English language far more than they actually right. do. And it comes across just weird. Right. Let's see. Oh, I'm going to look at, at that, that passage now. This is from uh, the Vampire Hunter D book. Clad in not a single stitch, a naked form so celestial, none save the goddess Venus herself could have fashioned it glittered in the breeze. At the same time, the girl extended her other hand and undid her ponytail. Her luxurious raven mane splayed in the wind. Her nakedness alone had been beautiful, but this was truly enchanting. The wind twisted her around, bearing nothing but the scent of a woman in the full of her blue. What does that mean? (laughs) That's so corny. It kind of makes me think of the way that like Edward Cullen is described in the Twilight books. This like super horny, Um, really purple way. But like when Stephanie Meyer does that, people make fun of her because it is goofy. It's really goofy. Yeah. So funny you should mention that. It's very similar to the, in the, the title fails me, it's the fan fiction that pretty much every girl ever who's ever even thought about writing fan fiction has come across. Right. 
And the character is the ultimate Mary Sue and describes herself as, I have dark hair and full lips and my skin is very pale to make my purple irises pop out and they change with my (laughs) mood. And And these are all things that typically female writers are like, you know, in romance specifically are dragged over the coals for. And here we have male writers who are lauded and praised and yes serious male writers yeah published ad infinitum and nothing like i'm trying to to imagine a female writer getting away with that kind of prose like i'm trying to imagine oh gosh who wrote the goldfinch oh gosh. oh yeah like could you imagine her describing a male care or a female character in that way she'd be like thrown off a cliff or something like what are you doing come on yeah <laughs> they, it, the double more. standard is is frightening yeah and yeah it's just, it's a lot. And again, I, if, if you're going to like write super horny silliness, like, okay, I mean, there's a market for that. People like getting horny, but it kind of bugs me when it's like, yeah, this deserves an award. This is serious. Purse vagina. I'll give that an award. <laughs> you win. Um, <laughs> some of these are, are just surprising. And sometimes I get these submissions from novels I've read that I did like when I first read them. Right. Uh, one of them was Name of the Wind, and it was a Patrick Rothfuss excerpt. And I read that book. I recommended my boyfriend read it, and he liked it. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I forgot that he's he writes these really great male fantasy figures, and then he writes women like they're a fantasy and mm. not in a fantasy novel. And I think that women specifically are just raised up in this world where we are reading predominantly men from grade school and until through college that we've really become accustomed to men describing women in this manner. And when you read just a passage, it's a lot more jarring. And I think novels have a way of kind of easing you into it because you get so wrapped up in the story that you're willing to give, you know, what's his face, a a pass on this wonky description. Because in the name of literature, you know, the the book is supposed to be good, though. Right. And there's a lot of dope women writers out there who you could be reading instead. Absolutely. Now, what are some common threads that you find in these examples? Like, do you find them kind of fitting into categories in some way? Yeah, I think a lot of it, a lot as this account has kind of grown over the last week or so, which has been wild. um, A lot of the comments kind of range from outrage to this weird sense of like, huh, I didn't realize And I'm always surprised to see male writers in here who do this. Every single one of them does this thing where they're like, oh, I'm cruising through the the men write women Twitter feed and learning what not to do. And yeah, that's great. But it it shouldn't (laughs) you shouldn't have to learn. Like just describe women as women and not as these objects and celestial beings. And you're going to be fine. (laughs) I love seeing women specifically call it out and have a sense of humor about it. I think that that's a really healthy way of coping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and making way better jokes than I am. Um, those are probably the biggest ones. I've seen a couple times some men and women will defend the novel that was in question. Right. And it's always very curious. And they're like, well, you don't know the context. And true, but I shouldn't have to. I should be able to read about a woman and she shouldn't be objectified. Mm. And there was one um, the other day where they were like, well, we, I don't... I don't think that this particularly is men writing women poorly. I think you're supposed to dislike the character. And this is the author writing the character in a way you dislike, yeah. which arguably could have been true. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think they were painting this woman as morbidly obese. And the way that they were describing her weight was horrifying. Mm. And I think that there's a limit or a line between writing a character as an asshole and writing 
and, and your fat phobia and your misogyny like leaking through your writing. And I think it was the case of the latter. Right. Yeah, I, I realize like sometimes it can be a fine line because a lot of times authors will write from like an unreliable narrator and like, well, maybe the we're using a first person narrator who's kind of a shitty person like and that is kind of a delicate thing of of doing that. Um, but but who's to say like it's so hard to draw that line? Like, is this the character or is this the writer? And is the writer just using that as an excuse? I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that there's there's such a difference between writing a character as an asshole and saying like a line like Susan had great tits versus Susan's breast pushed up against the but the buttons of her blouse straining to be freed like doves from a cage. And, like these are two very different things and one is brief and to the point and yes, he's an asshole and I mean, yes, arguably objectifies a woman. However, you get this point across without making a, a woman who is reading it feel dirty and gross and like someone is thinking that her boobs are doves and they're not. Mm. Why do you think so many of the, so many men, and a lot of these are men who are legit, like good at writing most of the time, but why are they this, why do you think they're this bad at writing about women? Like they've probably met one or more women over the course of their lives. They've probably, most of them have had relationships with women. Like how do you end up this clueless about like half the human race? Oof. Uh, where did we get? So I, I mean, I think for a lot of these people, there's there's a lot to unpack. I think that our society as a whole has become very accustomed to objectifying women, whether it's in writing or in advertising. And, you know, we most women who are walking around today have at some point in their lives seen bodies like theirs used in ads and commercials meant to be props and not as human beings. And I think that that tends to wind itself into very insidious corners of our society. And this is a result of that on a less deep, depressing societal level, I think that men just, some of these men just were never told that it was wrong. And so many amazing men who they read growing up did it, that they thought that it was okay too. Mm. And I think that they get in this, I don't think that they're bad people. I think that they sit down and they write and they think that this is what people want. And they're just in this like flowery, prosy mindset. And because the story itself is solid, they get a pass. And I think it's really unfortunate. Again, there's so many amazing, strong female writers out there who just don't get a a chance and whose books aren't picked up to be published even when they have a solid storyline. And here are men who are just half-assing it to the bank. Right. Like, it took, I mean, Toni Morrison, who just passed away, it took her a long-ass time to get The Bluest Eye published. And it really didn't get that much, like, fanfare and stuff when it, when it first came out too it was actually really controversial and got a lot of pushback because the subject matter it deals with is so raw and so rough and it just it's rather infuriating that someone who's that talented who thankfully was eventually recognized gets so much shit and then you can write about purse vaginas and not ha- and not get that kind of pushback <laughs> right and it's it's so infuriating too because i feel like a lot of these descriptions belong in in smut and not right in, or romance you know, novel proper fiction right and and, spe- and then again romance novels have had such this stigma attached to them for decades and yet yeah. some of the best writers are, are born of you know this rom-commy fiction i mean 
Crazy Rich Asians was written by a male, but is a rom-com. I love Outlander series by mm-hmm. Diana Gabaldon. She's amazing. And you know what she does? She never describes a single female character or male, for that matter, hmm. in this objectifying manner. And now she's got a whole, uh, like, stars series. And it's just this patronizing way that we've looked at women's literature and not given them the opportunities that they deserve. And now we see these really unfortunate descriptions of women in modern fiction. We Well, we touched on this a little bit, but I, it does amaze me a lot that these excerpts you post are photographs from books on paper like these are published books and not like self-published amazon kindle unlimited not like wattpad not it's not fan fiction and from important people like don delillo and it's and it's not just outlaw of gore or something (laughs) these are things that we have a normally that we have a kind of a higher bar for so how on earth does that get past an editor how does someone look at that and go yeah that's good that this is fine. This isn't silly. I'll be honest. It's definitely a question I've been asking myself. My background is not in editing. It's not even in like the literary book industry. I'm just a reader. Right. I think a lot of it is some of these folks have just become so well known that by the time that now that we're making a mocking out of them on social media, they're too big to fall. And I know that sounds like a lame excuse, but I sometimes think editors don't care. Mm. I don't know, unfortunately, enough about the literary world. I don't know if it's predominantly male editors who are willing to give these people a shot. And even if it is, if it's a female writer who has a male manager or has you know, a publisher breathing over their shoulder saying, we're going to publish this John Grisham book or we're going to publish this Don DeLillo book, right. you know, how much wiggle room do you really have to say you need to rethink every single way that you've ever written a woman? Yeah. So unfortunately, it's a it's I don't hard. know kind of answer. It's infuriating. It, yeah, I I don't think that there's a, a clean answer. Although I will say some of these metaphors could easily have been fixed and yeah. would not have been nearly as funny. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second because I'm sure some of our listeners are actively like typing up a, a version of this grumpy comment right now. What is wrong with sexualizing a female character? Art is a reflection of real life, and in real life, people get horny. People notice butts, people notice boobs, people notice this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that is that is totally fair. We are sexual beings, and women have worked their asses off, I forgive my language, to get this far and to allow themselves to be sexualized and be sexy, and, and that's okay. We should embrace our sexuality. However, there's a difference between you know, sexualizing someone and saying like, wow, Susan is drafted, gorgeous. She's beautiful. I find her incredibly sexy and attractive versus calling out these specific features of a woman and not in a way that is necessarily praising them, but is really objectifying them and treating them not as part of a bigger human, but just as these pieces. And when you can kind of start to replace a female with like a rack of lamb, <laughs> Like that, that's a problem. Yeah. And this idea of it, it kind of like fetishizes women and it when women are reading your book and this makes them feel gross and dirty, you're not sexualizing them. You're not empowering women. You're taking away that that feeling of being attractive and forcing this kind of tight, gross, icky. Oh, my gosh, someone is kind of catcalling me and that makes me uncomfortable kind of feeling. Right. There's nothing wrong with calling out characters who are sexy it's why romance is one of the most successful genres it's 
it's how you do that. And I think that there's just a real lack of kind of respect for the mm. female entity, which sounds very dreamy, but mm. you know, I think this concept of being able to call out bits and pieces of a woman instead of who she is as a whole has had an insidious effect. Yeah, I, I would argue too that it's just a lot of it is just kind of questionable writing. It's mm-hmm. really, really purple prose or just really goofy metaphors and incredibly mixed metaphors an awful lot of the time. Like you'll see a writer, a guy who is brilliant at writing, but as soon as he gets horny, it just falls apart. He just turns into a total dumbass on the page. <laughs> yeah, and I think some writers think that they're being edgy. There was one in here, um, oh gosh, by Michael Chabon. Chabon mm. I'm definitely mispronouncing his surname. And he's writing like what was kind of an edgy scene, you know, between a father and his daughter. And I'm not sure if I tweeted it, but essentially he's proving to his daughter that the knife that he's holding is sharp and she doesn't believe him. And so she is essentially doing a uh, like a chin-up and he's got the knife and he's holding it between her legs. And it's, okay, I understand that the writer's trying to make kind of an edgy point of like, it is sharp and her father's an asshole. Right. However, you would never do that with a male character. And mm-hmm. I think that what we need to like start swapping the genders, man. Like, would, it, would you feel uncomfortable if you were in this point? Yes, cool. Then don't do it just because it's a woman. So again, it's such a difference between calling out a character as being a attractive and again even that asshole comment i said earlier about she has great tits is so far different from some prosy gross version yeah there's also i'm I'm just scrolling through the feed right now and a lot of it is a startling ignorance about female Mm -hmm. bodies like i'm looking at this one here Innocence despoiled, he thought, though Lamour was not near as innocent as she appeared. She had stretch marks on her belly that could only have come from childbirth. Only. Y'all, have I got some stretch marks? It's literally impossible for a woman to get fat and then lose weight. It cannot happen. Or grow. Or just getting larger sometimes when you grow up. It just happens because your body changes a lot and weird shit happens. It's wild. <laughs> Literally, the only way a woman's stomach could get larger is through childbirth. It is impossible to me to imagine any other scenario. <laughs> it, it's just, again, like you said, this uh, the willful ignorance is a perfect way of putting it. I think of just people who chose not to really do their necessary research. The An earlier tweet about a woman uh, faking a miscarriage by cutting herself and filling her... Uh, I guess a technique, not her uterus, but like filling her vagina essentially with what? blood and using Kegels to keep it held up inside what? to release at the perfect moment to fake a miscarriage. Yeah, for, I, I, I wish I could make this up, but alas. This is like bags of sand level of understanding of the female anatomy. That's incredible. It is. And like you said, that they're allowed to get away with it and that we're conditioned to accept it as normal is just that's not horrific and that's not let me think she could have used a diva cup there are so many alternatives here there there are alternatives obviously other than this thing that that's not that you can't keep a period in you can't the kegels don't do that when it's amazing so so the cool thing and well maybe not cool but the interesting thing is some of the comments on these threads are wow i 
I read this book and I loved it. And I never really realized how bad it was until I saw this screen cap. And it's okay if your fave is problematic, but you got to recognize that the problems are there. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're never going to find a book that's completely unproblematic. I don't think it's just we're all flawed and 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 we kind of carry those flaws with us. We're steeped in, in um, imperfect mm-hmm. culture. And and even if the writer is particularly woke, maybe the characters aren't. And, and, and books just sometimes have flaws that aren't necessarily like political flaws. Like sometimes, hey, I really like this book, but man, the dialogue's corny. <laughs> yeah. And women are not, by no means am I saying also that female writers are the cat's meow and are totally oh, right. unproblematic. I have seen women also write women poorly or write men poorly. But by and large, men are just allowed to get away with so much more and still be socially acceptable. Mm. And, and women just are not. Right, right. Absolutely. Can you name some male authors who actually write female characters really well, who don't do this, this silly stuff? I'm sure that I can't. Oh, man, I'm going to get called out now because I'm going to say someone who I like and not. And someone's going to post a paragraph like, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I grew up loving Michael Crichton. I've always loved his work. And I can't think of a specific instance where I felt gummy reading a description of a female. However, again, I could be proven wrong. Um, Frederick Bachman does a great job as well. He wrote A Man Called Ove. Hmm. Um, and the writer of Bear Town. Uh, oh, also, right. Also, Frederick Bachman did a great job. And that is a novel that deals with sexual assault. And I thought that he did a really great job of dealing with these feminine female characters in a way that was healthy and without painting them in that kind of gross light that men sometimes can do of this automatic shroud of victimhood. Mm. So there's definitely amazing male writers out there. Do not lose hope. However, I will say since starting this project, I have, whether unconsciously or not, have been reading primarily only women. I start reading the flap. I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. My current to-be-read pile is ironically all female. Mm, Figure. So what what are some things for male writers to keep in mind? Like, what are some tips, I guess, that we can give men to not do this, to, to write better than this. <laughs> Men, male writers who are listening, bare minimum, truly. If you can put in a rack of lamb or a dog into the same excerpt that you have your female character in, don't do mm. it. Like if, if you could swap her out for an inanimate object, you're doing it wrong. And it honestly, oh God, we shouldn't have to do this, but if you wouldn't write a man that way, don't write a woman mm. that way. And there's a really great, quote out there, I think it's by Soraya Chamali, who talks about, we shouldn't have to look at female issues. Like, well, what if she was your sister? What if she was your wife? Because they're just women and you should just treat women like they're human. But y'all, would you be comfortable reading your sister like that? No? Then why are you writing this woman like that? Right. The bar is on the ground, folks. Do better. Be better. (laughs) Would you like to try writing about men in this style? (laughs) For a moment as an experiment, oh take some very, very serious literary hero, some very important I male can hero. Try. <laughs> oh boy. Who's like a important male literary character? I all I can think of right now is like Harry Potter, or like Sam oh, Lee 
Oh God! Oh, <laughs> I know, God. I but like honestly, honestly, you know? no, no, no. I honestly, I think Tolkien's characters like imagine. Let's try this. Let's write a Tolkien character in the style of George R. R. Martin writing a female character. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's ironic. So someone just submitted uh, <laughs> this piece from George R. R. Martin. And I, it's like too weird to post because it's basically Daenerys and it's, she's, she's taking a poop, <laughs> but it, it's very graphic in the way that it's written. It, it, it is so strange. Because I never would have thought that like poop would be something that I... Oh, here it is. I'm just going to read it. Sunset found her squatting in the grass, groaning. Every stool was looser than the one before and smelled fouler. By the time the moon came up, she was shitting brown water. The more she drank, the more she shat. But the more she shat, the thirstier she grew. And her thirst sent her crawling to the stream to suck up more water. Like, what the... (laughs) What is that? I don't even... George R. R. Martin has a lot There's of There's a problems. lot going on there. It's a lot to unpack. Oh, gosh. Let me try this. I don't know. Um, Frodo Baggins was not unattractive despite his height. <laughs> his nipples hardened as he waved the sword around, <laughs> <laughs> thrusting his finger into the one ring as though he were putting his cock into it. Excitedly, oh, his finger became a cock <laughs> because that's what fingers are. They're kind of shaped like cocks, so I'm going to guess... From my limited understanding of male bodies, that that <laughs> was very exciting for him. I don't know. That was terrible. I feel I mean, like a I terrible like person pretty, right now. Pretty, <laughs> right, can you imagine people writing this seriously and now they're published yeah. and they have no shame? I, I can't. Yeah. Can't, can't relate. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think, like, my best go would be, like, I'm always fascinated by the way that men describe women's breasts oh, like yeah. against pieces of clothing so i probably would do something like oh boy i don't even know if i can do no, this it's like, so embarrassing to do that it's really weird to think that a guy did the equivalent i know and and my said, partner's in the good. other room and i'm like he's my partner's in the other room and he's gonna be like what what are you doing <laughs> don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> um okay serious now i probably do Aragorn's cock pressed uncomfortably aware against his leather trousers. It was a hard, a hard baron to carry something so large and uncomfortable, but it was a, a price he was willing to pay to please as many women as he could. Not that they would ever know his present. I don't even know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I can't do this. We're very serious authors. We deserve a prize. Yes. I would like to be published now. Yeah. Please. Take me seriously. You can send my advance. Take me seriously. We're putting edgy shit into, into Middle Earth. We're very important. <laughs> I deserve a seven, a seven season series. The people deserve to know. People need to know. Who fucks in Middle Earth? We need to know. Jesus. It's very important. There's enough fan fiction out there that I feel like this is 100% been oh, God, done. Yeah. Early 2000s were an interesting Oof. time. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of responses from like people from who wrote that fan fiction. No, mine was way better. I wrote a way better horny Frodo Baggins. Fuck you. Oh man, that's the next. That's the next up and coming Twitter account. Someone needs to pick that up. Like, remember my fan fiction, and everyone just submits oh, their gnarly. God fan fiction spot anonymously anyway on that note before we go do you have anything you'd like to plug i mean follow me on twitter if you're not at men underscore right underscore women which i know is a pain in the ass but men writing women was taken so we all make sacrifices (laughs) i mean honestly otherwise if you're really this disgusted you do better man like world needs more 
female and non-binary writers, now's your opportunity. You know what not to do. So go out there and be successful. Yeah. I don't know. Read more women. Read more women of color. Read more non-binary people. Right. Those are my like specific things. The last book that I adored that was written by a woman was The Power by Naomi Alderman. She's amazing. Or Pachinko, which was also mm. amazing. Those are my plugs. That's all I got. Nice. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. If you like what you heard and you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash writegood, that's R-I-T-E-G-U-D, and sign up. Subscribers get access to the Discord server and exclusive content. Join us next time when we talk about guns. This has been Write Good with R.S. Benedict, hosted by R.S. Benedict and produced by Matt Keeley for KS Media LLC. This has been a Kitty Sneezes production. For comments and concerns, please write to us at writegood at kittysneezes.com. That's R-I-T-E-G-U-D at kittysneezes.com. If you'd like to support us, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash writegood. Kittysneezes.com in color. <laughs>